Welcome to a Neon Jazz interview with talented Kansas City pianist T.J. Martley. He recently spoke with Neon Jazz about many things. From Olathe, Kansas, T.J. went to college at William Jewell up in Liberty, Missouri, and he went in for medicine, but he found that jazz was the best medicine and he got into music. He is very busy these days with live gigs in a thriving Kansas City marketplace, and his first solo album in 2012 called Meditations Volume 1 got four stars in Downbeat magazine. He is a shining star on the rise, and he talks with us about many more topics. Dig it. I'm ready. Cool, man. Hey, uh, first of all, thank you for talking with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. First thing, uh, let's kind of start at the beginning here. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Olathe, Kansas, and I grew up there. I went at uh, Blue Valley High School, and I stayed out in Olathe until I went to college up in Liberty. So what was the scene like in your family for you to kind of cultivate this love of music? Well, I get asked this uh, a lot by friends of my family, and the funny thing is, is no one in my family is musical uh, in the slightest. Um, and when I was a little kid, you know, I was banging on my grandma's piano. She had a little spinet, and she noticed that I was more like playing melodies instead of just, you know, slamming on it like some kids did. She said, I got to get this kid's lesson. Um, and so she got me piano lessons. And I guess I was really one of the first people um, that kind of took to it. My parents took piano lessons on uh, my mom's brothers and sisters, but they never really stuck with it like I did. Right on. So is piano the only instrument you play? No, actually, uh, I, I started piano first, uh, but I really got into playing guitar. Um, I actually played guitar in jazz bands uh, my freshman year of high school. And then uh, my uh, band director said, we need a bass player because our bass player is gone. And he sent me home with a bass book. And he said, learn these tunes. And so I played bass all through high school jazz band and actually in college too. I, I never actually played piano Wow! In college or high school jazz band. So why did you decide to go to Liberty and William Jewell to go to school? Uh, well, at the time, I thought I, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and what I was going to do is go uh, pre-med and then also just take some music classes on the side, be like, you know, a music minor in piano or something. Um, and so during my freshman year, I actually developed this really serious case of mono. And I missed like half of my first semester of pre-med classes. Um, and I could still attend my music classes afterwards with, you know, and it was really easy to make up the classes, unlike, you know, all the biology and chemistry labs I was missing. And so um, I was like, okay, I can wait another year and do the pre-med stuff, but in, in the meantime, I'll continue with music. And I loved the music so much uh, that I never ended up going back to the pre-med stuff. Wow. That's cool. Uh, so to kind of get a handle on some of the albums you've been on, uh, Meditations Volume 1, was that your first album you released? That's the first uh, That's and the only thing I've released under my name, yes. So what's been the reception? Uh, the reception has been pretty good. You know, I think it's pretty different from anything I can remember coming out of Kansas City. Um, I don't know anyone that's released, you know, an entirely improvised um, album like that. Um, it was in Downbeat magazine. Uh, I don't know if you followed that. Yeah. It did it, the Kansas City Spotlight. Yeah. I, I think they gave, gave it four stars or something, which is amazing. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I recorded it all myself in my living room over the course of 30 days, just recording every morning. Um, and, you know, did the production, and I worked with, uh, actually, my old teacher from William Jewell, did all the mixing and mastering. Um, and then, you know, the art was donated by a really great artist named Nate Ford. Um, and so it's just this, something I was able to pull together myself, and I, I feel like I had a pretty good response from it. Wow, four stars with downbeat. You can't beat that. Yeah, no doubt. That's a Bible of jazz right there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, live performances. Where have you performed? Where do you like to perform? Kind of give me an idea of what you do live. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much played with everyone in Kansas City, um, from singers, instrumentalists. Um, I, I just love playing in a variety of situations, you know, especially the situations which really, you know, capture the spirit of improvisation, you know, where you get a lot of space to improvise and um, communicate. Um, so, you know, playing with groups like Matt Otto's band, I'm sure you know Matt Otto, and yeah. uh, uh, playing this really great band named Cross Current, which plays the music of Lenny, Lenny Tristano. Um, just all these uh, settings have been really fun. Um, and as far as places I love to play, you know, I love, love to play the Blue Room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the epitome of the jazz club in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, the new place, the Green Lady Lounge, is really wonderful. Um, the Majestic. I, I like playing at places with, with good pianos that are mostly in tune <laughs> for the <laughs> most part, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, um, that's really important uh, to have a piano that Well, speaking of that, I used to go down to the Majestic quite a bit, and Brahm Wienons was playing on that. that. Is that piano okay? The piano, um, yes. It's better than most around. You, you know, the funny thing is, I complain about this a lot, so um, people that know me will know this, but um, all other instrumentalists get to bring their instrument to the gig that they practice on. You yeah. know, if you're practicing on trumpet at home, you bring that to the gig. The piano that I practice on at home, I don't get to bring to the gig. Yeah. So I'm at the mercy of the place. And if they don't take care of their instrument, um, especially if they don't keep it in tune, it makes it really difficult to um, to channel what you're trying to channel through the instrument because it's every note you play, it's like, oh, ah, ah. It's like a trumpet player playing every note out of tune, you know? Yeah. Yeah, true that. That's interesting. So what would you consider your favorite places to perform in town? Uh, those places I listed are great. You know, the best. I also play at this place on YJ, uh, called YJ mm-hmm. on 18th and Wyandotte every Sunday mm-hmm. uh, with Brian Hicks, um, who is just this really great bass player and singer. Um, you know, I like places where when people show up that want to listen to the music, really, it's almost like they create the venue more than the venue itself. Sure. Because um, when people are there and they're excited about the music and they're excited about what you're doing, it makes it easier and, you know, it makes me be more creative and want to, you know, have them experience something special. Absolutely. Uh, talk to me about the Kansas City scene these days. How is it doing? The Kansas City scene is, you know, unbelievable. Um, you know, I think it's something that's been brought on by, you know, Bobby Watson and the UMKC School of Music. Um, over the course of the last, you know, however long he's been in town, it's probably 10 years now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all these wonderful young musicians coming out um, and coming to Kansas City. And then um, along with that, all these clubs are opening up, you know, like Take Five Coffee Bar, which I didn't mention earlier. 
um, having live performances, not background music, but actual concerts. Um, the Green Lady Lounge popped up. Of course, the Jazz Museum's going strong, Mutual Musicians Foundation. A new club's opening up on Broadway. And so there's all these places to play, and there's all these wonderful musicians that actually get to play gigs on a regular basis. So they're not only great musicians, but they get to get out there and play their music and play with other great musicians on a regular basis, um, which is something that can't be said of a lot of other towns. Yeah, absolutely. So it seems like you lean a little bit more towards bebop with your style. What what style do you like the most? Um, you know, I like I like bebop. Um, I like I like playing free, um, just freely improvised music, which. There's not really a setting to do that, um, which is kind of one of the reasons that I made that album. Um, I just I just like playing music where I'm not put in the box, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, and it, actually, that's more dictated by the actual musicians I'm playing with and their willingness to go to certain places with me. Um, but I like bebop. You know, I like Latin jazz. I like I like pretty much everything, even. Very, very straight ahead stuff, because I think you can be, you can play very freely with in all those settings. Yeah. So, who who are some of your jazz heroes? Who do you look up to? Who really turned the light bulb on for you early on in your life? Uh, well, uh, a funny story is uh, when I was in high school. You know, I I thought I could be a jazz pianist. You know, I was still I was taking lessons with actually Brad Cox, who runs the People's Liberation Big Band now. Um, and this visiting professor came in from North Texas, and I said I wanted a, a jazz lesson with him. I was like, tell my band director, can I get a jazz lesson? He's like, sure, whatever. And so I sit down with this guy, and he's like, name me your three favorite jazz pianists. And I was like, uh, Count Basie, Oscar Peterson, Duke Ellington. He's like, okay, uh, name me ten more. And I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, if you can't do that, then I've got nothing to teach you. Right. So go to the library and start listening to jazz. Check out a new album every week and listen to it. And so I did that. Um, and I remember some of the first albums I got, uh, The Incredible Guitar of West Montgomery, which had Tommy Flanagan on it. Yeah. Uh, and he was one of the first guys I really listened to a lot. And then I got uh, the album The Best of Chet Baker Sings. Uh, and I still listen to that album to this day. Chet Baker is one of my all-time heroes. Yeah. Um, and then I got the album Keith Jarrett with Granat. Uh, and Keith Jarrett is my favorite jazz pianist. He's just an amazing improviser. And at that time, I also got this album called uh, Lenny Tristano, The New Tristano, uh, which is way beyond my grasp back then, but, you know, another one of my favorite albums. Right on. So when you think about the heyday of Kansas City back on 18 and Vine, what intrigues you the most about that? Um, you know, I think just the, the spirit of uh, community, you know, that whole uh, area down there on 18th and Vine, there was, you know, so many jazz clubs, dozens upon dozens of jazz clubs, and they had these bands there, right? Yeah. And these were bands that, you know, they worked together and they, they stayed together. It's like, it's not like you played in 10 different bands like we do now. It's like you played in one band and you were employed, you know, six to seven nights a week, and you were learning that music as best you could. Um, and you were just getting really tight with those bands. And I can't imagine having a group like that now, you know. Um, 
that even tours, I mean, how many touring bands do you really know about that tour together and get to play 67 nights a week? Um, I just can't imagine what it would have been like to play those gigs and then go to the jam sessions afterwards, you know, it's been wild. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who would you like to meet if you could get in a time machine and meet one jazz musician from any era? Who would it be and what would you talk to them about? Uh, absolutely, I think it would be Charlie Parker. Um, if you read stories about Charlie Parker, uh, they say that he was such a bright person that he could talk to you about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just He was just so well-versed in you know, not just music, but history and art and literature and science and all these sorts of things. Um, and I would just sit down with him and let him dictate, you know, the conversation. Um, I'm sure he'd be far beyond what, what I'd be capable of talking about, but I would just like to meet him and see what he was doing because he really was one of the guys who changed the face of the music. Sure. So what, what are your short and long-term plans? Uh, short-term, uh, just try to, you know, keep practicing and doing, uh, learning the music and the bands that I'm playing in. Um, I want to keep teaching, obviously. Um, I'm just kind of doing what I'm doing um, long term. You know, I thought about going back to school, um, maybe not even even for music, but just to go back to school because I like that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, write more music. You know, I, I love to write music. That's one of the hardest things for me is just sitting down and keeping my attention on something like that. Um, and then uh, I, I don't know if you've seen my website. I have a, sort of a teaching website mm-hmm. for jazz piano. Yeah. And I'd like to uh, kind of totally redo that site and make it something where it was, you know, subscription-based, where people could subscribe to my website and I could release videos to those people, you know, paying whatever amount a couple times a week and also offer Skype lessons to those people subscribing to my website. Because um, right now I'm teaching mostly little kids, but my true passion is to teach people who want to, you know, play jazz piano and who want to improvise. Sure. So when you look back on your, your beginnings in college and wanting to get into med school, do you ever think, man, I'd like to get back into that? Or are you happy being a musician? you want to continue to do this for the rest of your life? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think about it a lot. You know, uh, my fiance is a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, you know, travels to people's houses. And, um, you know, she's basically a doctor. Um and it would be nice to have something that I could do two to three days a week um, that would help help me, you know, pay the bills a little easier. You know, um, I think that would certainly help. But I, I wouldn't want to do anything that takes away from my music. You know, I, I have to be able to practice piano and improvise. Um, so I don't think I would ever do anything that wouldn't allow me to keep making music now. Sure. So, so you're relatively young. You're early in your career. Let's put about thirty years into that. Say you're nearing sixty. What do you want your jazz bio to look like? Oh man, that's a tough question. Uh, I don't know. It's it's so hard to say. Um, you, you know, I'd like to be like one of those guys, like uh, one of my other heroes, is Hal Gopper, who not a lot of people like in Kansas City. But um, I really love his playing, and I love his, you know, his teaching and his sort of kind of gruff attitude. Um, but he's got a contract with the record company that allows him to release an album every single year. Mm-hmm. So until he dies, he'll be releasing an album. 
every single year. Yeah. You know, and I'd like my discography to be like, you know, 2014, TJ Martley, whatever, 2015. I think that's a good goal to have. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I just, I just want to play with as many people as possible. Um, you know, I hope good musicians keep coming to town and I don't want it to be a resume builder sort of thing, you know, but I just, you know, I just want to play and make music with as many people as possible. Right on. What, uh, what was it like to give your autograph out for the first time? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it seems funny, you know, uh, I always joke about it like, I, you know, I don't want to see this on eBay. <laughs> uh, but it's it's not that big a deal. You know, I think people just have this weird thing ingrained where they want stuff signed. Yeah. Just do it. It's nothing special. Part of our culture. Yeah. Um, so what album or song did you listen to prior to our interview today? I was listening to Will Vinson this morning. And let's see if I got it pulled up on my computer here. It's a really great album, I think. I've been listening a lot to Aaron Parks. Uh, it's an awesome piano. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. Cool. By Will Vinson, and it's really great alto saxophonist from Great Britain who moved to New York City um, and played with this pianist, Aaron Parks, a lot, and I'm just really getting into his music. Right on. Um, so as we kind of funnel our way here down towards the end, what I always like to do to get a real kind of a grasp on exactly who you are. Tell me in the length of one tweet in a sentence, 144 characters, who are you? Oh, man. Uh, mm, tough, man. <laughs> That's what we do. I love to improvise and I love to listen. That's cool, man. I like it. Hey, TJ, keep on keeping on. Thanks for your time, and hopefully I'll, I'll grab a live show with you at some point. Yeah, that sounds great, Jeff. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Kansas City, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to TJ for his time and insight into his craft and his dedication to Kansas City Jazz. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store, or you can visit all things Neon Jazz at the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.